What's one small action you can take to be a little more like that child? The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. If you're looking to change, want to change, have a pocket full of change, you have come to the right place. This is the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. I am Tony Dufresne, PhD. Uh, welcome back. So good to be back with you this week. And what I'm going to do for this week is actually tell you a little fairy tale. It's like a legit, real fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen, and it's called The Emperor's New Clothes. Now, even if you've heard The Emperor's New Clothes, I want to talk about this particular fairy tale because there are a lot of amazing lessons in there, and there's actually a little quiz at the end that is set up based upon the certain things that happen in there. And it has a really good way of helping you decide kind of where you're at. It's sort of a personal inventory just from reading this little fairy tale. So let's get into it. And I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read it right from the translation because it's a little bit longer and there's a lot of stuff in there that really doesn't matter. Basically, it all starts with an emperor in a kingdom a long time ago. But this guy is not a typical emperor. This dude is just vain, and all he cares about are his clothes that he wears and how he looks. So in a few villages over, these two swindlers got word that this guy is super into his clothes, and that's really all he cares about. And they thought, you know, let's take advantage of that. They roll up to the castle and get an audience with the emperor. And as they rolled in, they kind of threw out what they are. They said, listen, we are the finest weavers in the land. And we use a particular cloth that when you make clothes out of this cloth, they have a wonderful way of becoming invisible to anyone who is unfit for office or who is unusually stupid. So the emperor, he gets all fired up because he thinks, you know, if I have these clothes on, I could immediately tell who is not fit for office or who are the idiots around me. So he was all in, gave him a bunch of money, set him up in this little shop down the street, and they start rocking and rolling. Now, the problem was, is that they weren't weaving anything. They were pretending to weave, doing a pretty good job of it, apparently, based on the fairy tale, selling everybody in there, you know, burning the midnight candle working through their machines, of course, all acting because there was no cloth whatsoever. Well, as they were doing that, the king's ministers made sure that everybody in the village knew that this was happening and that if they couldn't see the material, then they were stupid. Of course, you can see where that's going, right? So the whole town started talking about this magical cloth and they all were impatient to find out how stupid their neighbors were. So another day goes by and the king's getting a little impatient. And he talks to one of his ministers and he goes, hey man, can you go down the street and find out what the deal is with this cloth? Now, there was another reason why he didn't go personally. It's because he didn't want to go down there and not see the cloth. And then realize that you know he's an idiot or unfit for office. So he sent one of his ministers down there trusted old minister. He goes, okay, fine, I'll go. So 
So the minister walks down there, checks, walks in. Weavers go, hey, how's it going? Have a seat, whatever. What do you think? Isn't this amazing? What do you think about the colors? And of course, he's not seeing anything at all. And he's thinking, I cannot see anything, but I am not going to let on that I can't for to anybody. So he starts to doubt himself, but he buys into it because he's not going to be the one that can't see it. He goes back to the emperor, reports back to him and says, it's amazing. It's beautiful. The colors are insane. You'll love it. So the emperor's all fired up. So there, another day goes by, still no clothing because these swindlers are really good at what they do. So they're just milking this thing. King or the king of the emperor slash king sends a second guy, another trusted minister, just to see how things were going. Same thing happened with him. He walks in, they sit him down, get him a cup of coffee. They go over everything with him. And the second minister's rubbing his eyes. He can't see anything, but of course he's not going to say anything because of the conditions that were set up initially. Whereas if he didn't see anything, that means he was unfit for office or he was stupid. So he goes back, same thing. Tells the emperor, it's all good. Things are rolling. You know, I'll be another day or two and then they're good. So then the third day rolls by. Weavers go, hey, we're done. All right, cool. So bring the emperor down. We'll do a fitting. Emperor rolls in, including the two ministers that had already been there and are now lying because they don't want to be found out as stupid because they doubt themselves. And the emperor rolls in and and the weavers put on the show. Hey, look at this. It's amazing. And of course, the emperor's first thought was, obviously, I can't see anything. But the last person in the world that would say he couldn't see anything was him. That's why this is such a brilliant setup by these Swindler guys. And at the same time, the two ministers who had already proposed to see it were just backing it up, the fact that it's there, because they already laid themselves out to the fact that it existed. So they're trying to convince their other ministers. Everybody in the room can't see anything, obviously, but they all buy into it. So they put the emperor up on this pedestal, take all of his clothes off, Nuggets are hanging in the wind, right? And they start pretend dressing him in this silk cloth and this robe and these trousers and the whole bit. So imagine this, uh, probably not the fittest guy in the world. Gravity has probably taken hold of him in some form or fashion in certain parts. And it, remember, this is a long time ago, so they're, you know, couldn't really go to lifetime fitness with a crown on. And they're sitting there pretending to put these clothes on him. So after that's done, they escorted him off this the platform and uh, they had one of his ministers grab the long train that was trailing him. And uh, then they uh, got everybody together and they were going to do a little procession through the village to show this magical cloth because obviously the king wanted to make sure, you know, who was stupid or not. So he starts rolling through town. People in the streets are doing the same thing. Hmm. You know, but the, again, the last thing in the world they're going to do is say anything because what would that make them? So they're cheering and everybody's saying how beautiful and wonderful it is. And uh, so the emperor is about know, halfway through the village and he rolls up to this kid who's on the side of the road there. And without batting an eye and without thinking about anything and just being the kid, he goes, hey, he hasn't gotten anything on. Well, he's standing next to his dad and his dad immediately becomes embarrassed and tells him to shut up. But now the leverage is there. Now the damage has been done. 
Now people are whispering the fact that, that the kid has confirmed that the guy's junk is just hanging. There's, there, there are no clothes. He's naked. And so the whispering starts and then the momentum starts and it goes from one person to another person to another person. And all of a sudden it reaches that point. And we, we know it now as the leverage point, that 51% where all of a sudden the group thinks swings. And now everybody's like laughing and pointing because the emperor has no clothes. Even at that point, the emperor suspected for a moment, but he kept on going, kept his head up, pride fueled him for the rest of the way, maybe a little bit of a quicker step, but nonetheless, and he, and he finished. That's actually the end of the fairy tale, which is, to me, it's pretty fascinating because it really doesn't reconcile anything and there's no Aesop's moral to the story thing. It leaves it open to you getting out of it what you can get out of it. And that's why I love it. And I I talk to my clients all the time about that story. And this is why. Usually, you're one of three people at any moment. And especially listening to this, I'm, I'm assuming you have to be at least one of these three or kind of in the middle. Here it is. Are you the emperor? Are you in a position of respect or leadership? Do you have, do people have high expectations for you or do you have very high expectations for yourself? Are you bound by the ego to be right all the time? Thinking that if you come off as wrong, that weakens you and weakens your position of leadership or respect? Do you identify yourself with the power of the, of a particular position or the position itself, be it a, president of a company or a senior vice president or the supervisor on a shift or whatever the case may be, the oldest in your family, doesn't matter, just whatever position of power, or are you a villager? Do you find yourself following and being reactive at times? Have you given up the power because of your self-doubt? You don't trust yourself. You don't trust your decisions. You have given the power of decision-making to other people. Is it more important for you to be accepted by the group by just going along with it? Maybe saying at certain times, eh, doesn't matter. I'll just go along with it. Rather than stand out and have your own opinion, which you know what that happens there. Sometimes you get run over by the bus. You know, people excommunicate you from groups. You stand out. Do you get caught up in group things sometimes, like making decisions based upon what the general flow of the group is, regardless of what your internal compass is telling you? regardless of maybe what the facts are on the table, because decisions are being made in a group situation that you're in that are highly emotional. And in those circumstances, sometimes the facts really don't stand up. Or lastly, are you the kid? Are you present? Are you aware? Are you unafraid to speak your own truth? Are you unaffected by anyone else's opinion in certain particular moments when you know deep down inside there's a truth inside you or you're following your own internal compass in terms of the things that mean things to you? Are you not concerned necessarily about being right or wrong, but just being true to where you're at at a particular time and just throwing it out there and seeing what sticks and being okay with really the concept of right and wrong really not existing? It's just you and your particular opinion at that time doesn't mean your opinion is 
clad in solid gold and you can't change it either. Are you all right with just throwing it out there? Because being right and wrong is never the point. So which one? The emperor, the villagers, the kid. I would assume in certain circumstances, you're probably in each of those groups. Maybe two at the same time. But that leads me to my final point. The final point is, is that, and it's really the call to action. And I tell my clients this all the time. Listen, you got to truth bomb yourself. If you can't be honest with yourself, then don't expect anybody else to. So just be honest with yourself and truth bomb it. Where are you now? And if you're not the kid, as much as you would like to be, what's one small action you can take to be a little more like that child, to be a little more present, to be a little more aware, to be a little more certain of yourself, to be a little more in touch with your inner compass and be okay with expressing your opinion and not look at it like the result needs to be right or accepted. Because when it comes down to it, that'll get you where you want to go. And that's the sign of a true leader. And we need more people like that. You can go to javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D, for the videos and the podcast. And you can buy the book and surrounded by idiots. And you can also get some free stuff that I'm sending out, free PDF stuff. Also, questions or comments, you can shoot me an email, Tony at javabud.com. Got something on your mind? Got a thought for a new show? Hit me up. Hope things are good. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.